Welcome to the Meat and Poultry Podcast. This podcast is your online portal to hear from experts in the industry about the latest news, trends, technologies, and people in the world of meat and poultry processing. For the Meat Poultry Podcast, I'm Ryan McCarthy, Digital Media Editor. Land producer Superior Farms continues to look for new and inventive ways to transform its product and stay ahead in their meat sector. For this episode of the Meat and Poultry Podcast, we caught up with Rick Stott, Chief Executive Officer of Superior, regarding the company's new Sheep Discovery Center. The facility is in partnership with sheep producers from six different states and is located in Utah. Rick takes us through why this production facility was placed in this location and how it will enhance its lamb production. Then Rick explains how this center fits into the meat supply chain and how it finds future sustainable solutions for lamb. Later he discusses some of the technologies that will be used to enhance sheep production year round. Take a listen to Rick Stott on the latest investment by Superior Farms. Rick, just to get started, uh, you know, reading about this Sheep Discovery Center, tell me a little bit about what went into creating it and how you guys are excited to launch it now. Yeah, absolutely, Ryan. We, uh, several years ago, a couple of years ago, we, well, let me back up. We, we have developed or, or have a producer advisory board where we gather, oh, about 10 producers from across the industry uh, that provide us uh, direction, guidance, suggestions, um, kind of an input from our producing level on areas that that they believe that we can help improve the industry as a whole, overcome some of our challenges and problems, uh, both within the company and as an industry. And a couple of years ago, they, uh, in a think tank, came together and came up with the concept of this, that what we're talking about, the Sheep Discovery Center. And the whole, the whole issue fundamentally was raised as a result of the structure of our production system today. And kind of just give you a, a sense of the sheep industry in the United States and, and where we're at in relative terms to other proteins. If you look at, if you look at other proteins over the last 30 years, uh, you look at the, the pig industry, the chicken industry and the dairy industry, over the last 30 years, they've improved their productivity per, per head by well over 50%. Uh, the beef industry uh, has increased it by close to 30%. The sheep industry has done virtually nothing in the last 30 years. The numbers are basically the same from 30 years ago. Uh, we produce about 1.1 lamb per ewe in the United States for the last 30 years. And although there are many producers that have improved that dramatically individually uh, with, with great discipline and, and uh, considerable effort, the industry as a whole has not. And on top of that, we have 80% of the lambs that are born in the United States are born in four months. You can imagine the cost of that, shifting that supply across an entire year. And so uh, on top of that, the, uh, the, the production period, the, the gestation period and birthing period of a ewe is eight months. 
And so uh, we have the opportunity, rather than having one lamb uh, birthing period per year, which is typically what happens uh, across the world, uh, the, the lamb, the ewe itself has the capacity, natural capacity, to have three lambings in two years. If you combine those, all those three things together, the potential of the inefficiency or the, the cost of the inefficiencies of that is massive, but the potential of overcoming those problems and issues, those costs, those inefficiencies is tremendous just in the gabbing twins every time and the being able to have uh, three lamb sets uh, in two years, that's well over 100% improvement of efficiencies and uh, potential right there in the, the natural structure and the natural capacity of a youth. Um, and, 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 and having that year round uh, is a tremendous value to our consumers, our customers, and every part of the production system as well. Again, a natural process that the use have capacity to do. And so that's where the produ producer advisory board came from and saying, how can we solve this challenge, this issue, this inefficiency? And they said, you know what? We need to have something that provides us a ability to be able to basically con con combine all of that together in one place and prove that we can do it in the industry. Uh, and be able to consolidate and, and collaborate with every sector of the industry and really bring a convergence of technologies um, that allows us to do those things. And so that's where it started. That's the history. That's where it kind of came about. And so over the last couple of years, we've been working on how do we do that? Where do we put it? What's the logistics of it? How do we bring what technologies do we need to bring to the table to uh, make that happen and to be successful at it? Rick, where, what goes into picking the location for this Sheep Discovery Center before we get into the details? What, all those factors, um, tell me a little bit about that of finding the right location for something like this. Yeah, you know, that's a good question, Ryan, but the reality is the location is ideal for us because it's right in between our two packing plants. It's right in the middle of one of the biggest lamb production areas in the country in that area of Utah. It's got a relatively mild climate. It's got a good source of feed. It's close to a uh, unit train uh, loading uh, terminal within a couple of miles. It has the, um, has the physical properties that we needed in the barns, in the amount of acres, et cetera. So, it had all of that, but the reality is that the location was not the prime. We believe that this can be done anywhere in any location around the country. Um, and it really is about bringing the convergence of these technologies. Um, that has a lot more value than the location itself. And so maybe I can talk about these technologies that we're bringing together to, to, Definitely. to accomplish. The, the, there's really kind of four key technologies that we have brought to bear. And all of these technologies exist, uh, or they have been used around the world in the United States and by other industries. So all we did is cherry pick those things that we can use. The first one is our Flock 54 technology. This is a world leading genomic SNP chip that allows us to, 
to character uh, to uh, understand to see 50 different genomic uh, characteristics in the genome, uh, things like twinning capabilities, uh, disease resistance on a variety of diseases, um, health issues, and we're developing more of those that are going to be beneficial. And what that allows us to do is take a, a sample, an organic sample from a lamb, and be able to identify whether that lamb has the propensity to be successful as a you when they're born. And so we don't spend two, two or three years feeding, growing, developing a you when in reality it doesn't have the capacity to be successful. And so we then can identify. So literally in one generation, we can change the structure of a of a herd or a flock of ewes uh, to have significantly more productivity, efficiency, and much better health because of the resistance characteristics that we're selecting for when they're young. So that's the first technology. That, that on, on top of all those things, it also provides us with parentage. So uh, parentage is, is important in the sheep industry. What we're finding, interestingly, is that when we do parentage on ewes and lambs, what we're finding is about 60% of the lambs that are in twins are born by a different sire. And so it's not the same ram that produces two twins all the time, it's often two rams. And so you don't know what ram really produced the great lamb. Yeah. And so we have the ability in Flock 54 to be able to identify that to identify those great rams, identify those great ewes, and a great identify future great uh, 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 sheep uh, as a lamb. So that's the first technology. The second technology is one that's been around, it's being used in, in the other industries, is EID, electronic identification. And what we're doing is we're adapting a database from the dairy industry, converting it to sheep. The sheep industry has no good database system that's robust, nothing like the dairy industry. And so much of what we're doing is so similar to the dairy in the ability to be able to track genetics production and then bring that back through feeding um, and data and, and those kinds of things, but identify individual animals as far as their performance and what they need to make them better, more productive and more healthy um, in that process. And so we're gonna EID every animal within the, within the system and be able to manage them through a database. It, this is critical because if you look at the evolution of um, the, 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 the pigs, the chickens, and the dairy, you're talking about you know, all of the issues with consolidation, all the issues with confined feeding and all that stuff. If you talk about the people that really were the pioneers in those arenas and the success that they've had in productivity improvements, Every one of them will say the number one thing that made the difference is data, that they made decisions based upon data. They were able to gather data and they made decisions from data. And that's what this EID and this database will allow us to do is make decisions on data. So instead of saying, well, this is my, the way my grandpappy did, and this is what we look for in a RAM or a U visually, we can make that decision based upon what they're really producing and what they're really doing and what they're really, how they're really performing individually on an individual animal. 
that's the second one. The third one is really accelerated lambing, and that is year-round production. Again, back to the eight months, three crops in two years. And we have a very sophisticated light system that's very um, uh, energy efficient. Uh, it's a great technology. It's Wi-Fi enabled for a barn. It's really, really incredible lighting system and allows us to basically create this year-round production cycle and breed sheep off-season, uh, allowing them to have the three crops in two years. So not only are these systems allow us to do that, but it's also, you know, part of the sustainability message that we're that we are really going down the path of that we are really excited about uh, in that as well. So the fourth, the fourth is really optimizing our feed, much like the other proteins. Having consistent feed in front of these animals is really important, and so we are exploring the ability to have a fodder system, microgreens, be able to be able to put that in front of the animals from a consistency nutritional standpoint. And on top of that, a great sustainability message where these systems use 90% less water than, than, than the actual like alternative hay or alfalfa does. And so it really optimizes uh, our sustainability on water, but also provides a very consistent feed, a high density, high protein feed uh, in front of in front of the animals, so we're really excited about that aspect of things as well. So those are the four key technologies that we're really bringing together. And again, all of these things have been used elsewhere. All of these things are being used today in different places in the United States and around the world. But what we're doing and what's unique is we're really converging this together. So we're really excited about that part of it, Rick. When you talked a little bit about sustainability, how has that changed and proved over the last decade for you guys in land processing? You know, the, the sustainability has been significant in our packing plants. We've reduced our water consumption by well over 30%. Our energy on a per pound basis has dramatically improved. Uh, our recycling, I mean, we often say we, we reuse, recycle, and manage every bit of the product, about 98% of everything we bring into the plant goes to a beneficial use. Uh, and so, you know, we're really excited about sustainability. In our Dixon plant, we've basically have a capacity of having about 90% or more of our energy coming from renewable energy between our wind and our solar uh, plants. Um, and so we, we have really uh, come a long ways in the last 10 years from a sustainability standpoint. On top of that, our producers, our producer partners, are doing a lot more regenerative grazing. Uh, you're talking about uh, grazing under solar farms in uh, in in managing fire uh, risk in uh, vineyards, um, and as and as the, the normal and natural way of regenerative grazing. You look at those places where sheep have been over the last ten years. And where they've grazed, you know, sustainably, versus those areas of the of the land that could be right next door that hasn't been, the 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 strength, the the vigor of those plants are so much better in the places where they were grazed sustainably than those that were ignored and not grazed at all. So it's really, really good, and we're continuing that message 
inside the Sheep Discovery Center by uh, all kinds of recycling, uh, regenerating, renew, renewal of organic wastes and using it for our farmers that are growing our wheat and our corn just down the road. Um, we're, we're managing uh, and renewing and sustaining within the Sheep Discovery Center regenerative grazing. All of the, you know, all of the ewes have access and all the lambs have access to outdoors, the paddocks, the fields, the backyards, to the, to the barns themselves, allowing them to, to move in and out as, as they wish. So it allows us to have that kind of regenerative grazing process going on there as well. Uh, Rick, just, just for numbers on the Sheep Discovery Center, what's the size of this location compared to some of the other processing facilities that you guys run? And uh, can you kind of compare that for us a little bit? Yeah, it, you know, it's, it, it really is a, a lamb production uh, <clears throat> discovery center. It's not, a, it's not a processing facility at all. Um, and so, um, you know, it's about 123 acres. It's got 23 barns. Uh, we're converting their, their turkey barns that we're converting into lamb sheds. Um, and so we're bringing in, we're, it's operating right now. Uh, we've got about uh, 1,200 ewes in there. We've got, uh, one of the great things about this operation that I need to mention is that we've got 10 great partners from six different states that are partnering with us. They've contributed uh, ewes uh, to this operation as part of their equity. And so we're taking these uh, these ewes and they're actually lambing right now. In fact, I talked to our guys yesterday and they are lambing about 40 ewes a day now um, in the operation already. So uh, they're very busy uh, doing a great job. But uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of the structure of it. Gotcha. So just production, no processing for this? Correct. Yeah, it's okay. purely a production facility. It's built to... Uh, lamb. It's built to grow. It's it's built to manage and and really uh, really focus on animal welfare. Uh, that's a big big part of what we're doing. We're focusing uh, on the five freedoms that are you know that are important to us uh, for animal welfare. Rick, you mentioned there are about ten people, but who are some of the other suppliers and partners you want to to touch on? Uh, that are all in this. I know it's. It seems like it's a very regional effort. You're not just focusing on Utah at all for this thing. No, that's absolutely right, Ryan. We we've reached out. We've got, you know, California, Oregon, Idaho, uh, clearly, obviously, Utah, Wyoming, uh, Kansas, uh, South Dakota uh, is coming on. So, you know, we we've really reached out to producers coming from a variety of production system. We really think that this model. Uh, and that's one of the that's one of the reasons. And, and these producers are amazing. They're they're the top of top of our industry as far as innovation, uh, and and really the reason why they're investing in this thing and contributing use is that they believe they can take parts or if not all of this structure, this this model, if you call it that, and bring it back to their own operations. Can they use fodder in their own operations? Can they use year-round production? Uh, in, in accelerated lambing? Can they use Flaxid 4 and EID in their own operations? And so they want to be on the front row as this thing is developed, as this thing is grown, as, as we learn uh, from this. And, you know, that's why we call this the Sheep Discovery Center, because we're going to learn a lot. It's going to be a discovery. And in, in Superior Farms, we say this a lot, that we want to 
fail often, fail fast, and fail forward. And so that's a big part of what we're doing here is we're learning. And our producer partners want to be part of that learning. And we get the benefit of their incredible knowledge and their suggestions and recommendations and guidance and direction. The, the reality is that we strategically hired folks in this Chief Discovery Center that are under 35. Um, and because we didn't, we didn't, we wanted them to have a fresh idea, fresh understanding, no preconceived ideas of how to do things, but that they could learn as we go. We can bring information from outside from our producer partners, make suggestions, recommendations, but for them to be able to learn what works best and how to deploy these technologies that we talked about. And, and for this place, Rick, is, um, do you have it at full employment? How many people are you expecting to be employed there uh, when this thing's all up and running or do you guys kind of have it where you want it to be? No, no, we, we're, we're just at, at its infancy. We're gonna start with about six to 8,000 ewes this year and then we'll grow it uh, to about 20,000 ewes. We'll produce about 50,000 lambs a year out of this facility. We'll have about 40 to 45 people in this system. One of the things that you know, we care deeply about the, the lambs and the ewes themselves and really focus on their welfare. We wanna give every animal the very perfect day every single day. We want them to have a perfect day every day. That's our goal. Um, but we also are, are, obviously it's all about people as well. We wanna make their jobs easier. We wanna make and help them. And so that's why we've engaged the, for example, Temple Grandin is helping us design our animal handling system um, because we wanna make it efficient for the people. Uh, and so it's not taxing physically, but also uh, so that it's ideal for the animals as well uh, to move through the, the management system. So, um, you know, we're trying to combine those two things. So our, our people side of the equation is sustainable long-term. Rick, uh, for kind of for the last thing, I wanted to discuss kind of what this feels like it does for Superior Farms in the future. You mentioned having so many people under 35 at this place. How does something like that help you, you know, sustain whatever you're trying to accomplish in the next, you know, 10, 20 years, another generation of this too? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point, right? And, and you're, you're absolutely right. It is about the next generation. I can tell you every one of our producer partners are going into this thing with that very thought in mind. How am I going to get my kids into the sheep business? And they all realize that if we continue to do what we, that we've been doing in the sheep industry, we're going to get the same results. And that is generally a decline in the number of sheep produced in the United States. So how do we change that? And so that's what they're looking at is, is how to get the next generation. So having done this, in fact, two out of the two out of our key employees right now, their purpose of working there, they've stated this, is I want to be able to have my own herd. I want to be able to take this and do it in my own place in some future. And so this is a really important opportunity for our industry. It's not about just about severe farms. Obviously, we're heading this, we're we're collaborating on this, we're working on this to make it successful. But we believe this is an opportunity for the entire industry. So not only are we going to share this technologies, these convergence, this system, this model with our producer partners, but we'll also be sharing this with the industry as a whole. We think that this can be modeled and modeled over and over again. In fact, we have 
several of our key customers that are very interested in uh, watching what we're doing and ultimately, hopefully, investing in it and becoming engaged more vertically integrated with sustainability messages, animal welfare messages, um, with blockchain technology, which we have. Uh, these kinds of things are top of top of mind with many of our customers. And so they have been very interested in being part of this and watching this and being updated on this. And we think there's a tremendous opportunity to partner with them in the future. Some have expressed that kind of interest, uh, but obviously we need to get into it for a year and, and prove the concept, show the model, and really show that this is really a long-term opportunity for not only Superior Farms, but the entire industry. Make sure to check out the latest stories from the monthly print edition and online at meatpoultry.com. Also follow us on social media at Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram, all by searching at Meat Poultry. And if you like what you heard, please leave us a rating and a review. It really helps us. All right, that's it for this time, folks. Thanks for listening and have a great day.